I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. It's the World Soccer Talk podcast, the only podcast that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online and apps. In episode 86, we discuss NBC scoring its most watched Premier League game of the season so far, Fubo TV adding a major network that many soccer fans will love, the latest news on the Scottish Premiership rights, and we have a bunch of letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined this week by a guest co-host, and that's the one and only Mark Donaldson from ESPN. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Fantastic. So for the the veteran listeners out there, uh, I I think everybody knows who Mark Donaldson is. For the newer listeners, the the fans into uh, soccer that have maybe come in on the World Cup, uh, Mark's been with ESPN for, I think, eight years, uh, covering many, many of the the biggest games. And this season, I mean, uh, on top of it, I'm sure many other tasks, Mark, this season, Serie A, which we're really excited about, and... uh, Looking ahead to this weekend's game with Juventus and, and the home match, um, a question for you, Mark. How, I'm sure the atmosphere in Turin for this, uh, in the stadium is going to be magnificent. How much does that come into your mind in terms of knowing how, whether to let the, the game breathe a little bit more or how to really kind of capture and convey that, that passion and noise from the crowd for what should be a massive match? Yeah, I mean... First of all, it's it's a privilege to be asked um, by by ESPN to to do the Serie A um, commentaries. We'll see where it leads, um, but certainly in the uh, in the foreseeable future, um, it's it's a league that I, I don't think people realise has the following it has until you're immersed in it. It's got a big following in this country, and there'll be a lot of eyes on ESPN too this weekend for Ronaldo's home debut as well. Um, it's a good question because you've got to balance the circumstances as well. And and you can't go into a game saying, I'm going to let this breathe more because it depends on, on what happens. Um, it is a big game. There's a lot of people who want to see how Ronaldo gets on in his, in his first game as well. Um, for me, my preparation doesn't really change too much as far as that's concerned. There'll be a thorough preparation. There'll be extra emphasis on specific Ronaldo stats. But just because I've, I've got them, Chris, doesn't necessarily mean to say I'll have to use them. 
That's true. You can always kind of uh, keep them up your your shirt sleeve, and, and if need be, pull them out. But um, yeah, that, that, that's a good way in terms, in many ways, in terms of letting the game unfold and then seeing which way it goes. Uh, I'm sure you mean a lot of people kind of go into a game thinking one thing, and then all of a sudden, with the first couple of minutes, you mean whether it's a sending off or, or something else, you mean the, 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 you know the, the opposition scores, and that changes the whole atmosphere of the stadium and changes the game completely. We, we no, see- it, it- Sorry, it, it does. And I mean, Juventus got three goals last week. Ronaldo didn't score. Is there any extra pressure on him? Well, he won't think there is. That's for other people um, to decide. As far as the, the, the kind of commentary is, is concerned, the kind of analogy I would use is that we're a bit like the referee. Uh, a commentator's kind of necessary for TV football, but we're not the story. We're not the, the star. Never will be. Shouldn't be. Um, so it, it's not. Um, about what's said. If we say the wrong thing, then that can lead to headlines. But it's all about Ronaldo. It's all about Juventus. It's all about Serie A. It's all about our property. Uh, we've got it now on a three-year deal. And to an extent as well, at the at the right time, it's about promoting the brand that we have, which is ESPN and ESPN+. Plus, Because, as you well know, the Serie A, every game is going to be available on ESPN+. Plus. So it's all about letting the game be the star. We've got things we need to do, but most importantly, if you're tuning it, tuning into that game, you're tuning in to see the football, to watch Ronaldo, and we've got to be aware of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so a big match uh, this weekend. Uh, Juventus against Lazio uh, on ESPN2, I, I believe. Yeah. That's right. It is. So, so from this past week, so, so actually for listeners who are wondering, Kartik's uh, on vacation. He's in London right now as we speak. Uh, so, so thanks to Mark for, uh, for subbing in. But we got a super sub this week. And looking at this past week in terms of what we've been watching, um, I'll kick it off. The, 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 the thing that stood out for me the most was uh, Bleacher Report. Um, their coverage of the Champions League uh, qualification playoffs. And um, it's amazing. So, so I watched. I missed. I missed Tuesday's match, which was the uh, uh, the Benfica match. But I did catch uh, Wednesday's game, which was uh, Ajax against uh, Kiev. And um, it's incredible for me to consider that this is basically uh, Turner Sports's only their second week of soccer coverage. I think back in the I think 1990 they did the. Uh, the World Cup, but but really in, in the modern day, this is really the, the first couple of weeks of uh, soccer coverage. And within the first two weeks, their coverage is better than than Fox had had for when they had eight years of the UEFA Champions League uh, uh, coverage. That the set is uh, a beautifully designed. It's kind of very kind of gritty. It's a different type of set design. And um, they had the link up between two different studios, so they had. Uh, Steve Nash and Stuart Holden in the studio in Los Angeles on a big, massive monitor. And then you had uh, Tim uh, Howard, uh, Kate Abdo, and then uh, a, a, new, a new person to the set, and that's uh, Owen Hargreaves. Uh, and for a lot of listeners who have seen him on, whether it's uh, BT Sport or uh, listening to his uh, co-commentary, somebody that knows the game very well, um, is very intelligent about the game, and good analysis. So, so I'm loving the design of the studio. I'm liking the link up between the Atlanta and Los Angeles studios. Uh, the analysis is good. And, and they're having a lot of fun, too, because even if uh, anyone who watched uh, Wednesday's match between Ajax and uh, Kiev, the post-match, uh, we had Stuart Holden and Steve Nash having a kickabout on set, kind of just showing kind of their skills and talking about street football. 
they had a segment about street football that had one of the reporters going into Amsterdam and interviewing these street footballers and where they were talking about that they believe that street football originated uh, from Holland so and, and Amsterdam specifically. Um, so all in all, quite a different type of theme and feel to uh, Bleach Report and, and Tuna Sports on TNT. But so far, I, I enjoy it. Uh, any, any, Mark, did you catch any of the coverage in the last couple of weeks? And what's been your initial thoughts in terms of what they've been up to? Yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult. I mean, obviously, when, when Kartik does this, Kartik um, has so many streams that he can watch, so many things that he can watch as well. A lot of the time when we do this, we're on air at the same time or, or we're doing something else at the same time. So I haven't actually seen um, their coverage as yet. It's funny coming at the from a commentary perspective because over the summer and, and the last few months, um, prior to an announcement being made as to what Turner were going to do, there was a lot of interest in the kind of commentary community as to, well, this, as you mentioned, this is someone that's not had it for a while. What are their plans? Are they going to be doing it on site? That was one of the things we heard originally, um, that it would come from Europe and it would be done kind of predominantly from there. That hasn't happened. So I'm intrigued to, to see how it goes. Obviously, I know Stuart Holden um, well. He's beaten me at poker on many occasions, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but he's an excellent broadcaster. We saw that during the World Cup. Um, interesting that they've had Steve Nash, because Steve knows his football as well. There's the tie-in there. Where, I mean, Stuart Holden's obviously friends with Landon Donovan, and they know Steve Nash through the LA scene as well. Kate Abdo is a wonderful broadcaster, uh, multilingual, multi-talented and can kind of throw her uh, her hat in the ring for, for anything and still be excellent at what she does. Um, so it, it's interesting as well because, again, purely from a commentary perspective, a lot of people were thinking, who are they going to go? Who are they going to get? And I believe, Chris, they're pretty much using World Feed for, for everything. Is that right? That's right, yeah. So so far for the Ajax Kiev game, we had Martin Tallinn, Stuart Robson. Um, I think the other matches too, all, all the World Feed. I think it was Tony Jones for one of them. But um, And actually, I like that. I mean, to me, it's like you're not messing with the broadcast. You're just going with the be- some of the best commentators yeah. out there. And then, and then you focus on the co- on the studio coverage, and then, and that's yeah. really kind of where you add your yeah, little bit of uh, kind of salt or a little bit of cream, and just to, just to kind of a little bit of sugar, just to kind of uh, pull people mm-hmm. in and keep them hooked. Yeah, I mean it's 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 similar in a way minus the studio shows as as to what we've done for for Serie A, in that we host, um, but we do one game a week. Everything else is is, is world feed, um, but even them, they they don't even have their own commentary team. Um, that are doing uh, the the Champions League games, and they've gone they've gone totally world feed, and th- that'll be something. I mean, with the productions that each um, cup league is doing, for example, Premier League productions, you've got a full outfit. So it, it's basically a, a package that's already there for the broadcaster, mm-hmm. and you've got enough things to worry about. We got the Italian league like less than a week before it went on air, so there's production values. Which I mean, behind the scenes, it's it's crazy what needs to happen just to put something on air. So if you know from the broadcaster perspective that you're getting a bundle, you're getting a package, you can see how that goes. You can already take that package, and then at a later date, you can add. And maybe that's what Turner and Bleacher Report will do. At a later date, they'll add their own if that's what they want. But it's interesting you're talking as well about having boots on the ground with their reporter at the stadium or in Europe. That's a nice touch. 
Yeah, especially inside the stadium. Like for the Ajax match, uh, he was like right in front of where the ultras were, and you had the ultras in the, in the background just going crazy. You I mean loud as ever? I mean, Ajax supporters, are some of the best supporters in the world, and he's right there. He's right. He's he's, he's not uh, in a commentary booth. He's not on a sideline reporter by the halfway line, kind of where it's usually you know, I mean, kind of. Uh, the the the, pro, the prawn sandwich brigade. I mean, he's right in in the thick of things. So yeah, so far so good. So so from the past week, Mark, anything that uh, stood out for you? Some of the matches you watched? Uh, anything of of interest uh, that you that you saw? Yeah, I mean, going uh, without kind of flogging a dead horse with regards to 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 Serie A. Um, IMG are producing some games. Uh, as well as, I think, Perform are doing some. So what, what we had, uh, our opening game was Kievo against Juventus. So Steve Banyard and, and Tony DiRigo did that one. Now, a lot of the world feed over the last few years um, has featured the likes of Richard Whittle and, and Paul Visca. Now, Richard did Atalanta against Frosinone um, on Monday. But the addition of Steve and Tony to do Kievo-Juventus and then Jim Proudfoot and Gary Bertels did Lazio Napoli as well. I think that's a nice touch. You've got the, mm-hmm. the two doing it, and, and both are kind of well-known. And by the way, Jim Proudfoot's got to be the hardest-working commentator uh, out there because he did Spurs Fulham and then race IMG to do Lazio against Napoli with Gary. That's true, and he's often done uh, talk sport uh, radio commentaries yeah. too, so on top of things. So it's, uh, yeah, and it's a smart strategy because you're taking familiar voices. Uh, a lot of them you've heard, I mean, listeners have heard on, on Premier League matches. You switch on, I mean, uh, Chievo Verona against Juventus, and then you hear the familiar voices again, and it's like, okay, this, this, this sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I, so, someone I can relate to, I, I know them, and you might, you might watch the game a little bit more than, say, two total yes. strangers that, that you've never heard before. Yeah, again, it's just the familiar voice in your living, which you like. One of the other things that I noticed as well, um, the Bundesliga and the DFB Pokal, it was the cup first round last week. Um, I was doing Bridges, um, uh, for Drochterson Assel against Bayern Munich, and it was it was nice that uh, Phil Bonney and Sean Dundee were doing that game. Derek Ray, our our, our friend, was involved as well, um, doing matches. But they gave the first round of the DFB Pokal just as much clout as a normal Bundesliga weekend. It was just like a continuation. So for me, I love that because there's so many stories. The game that I was doing, Drochterson Assel against Bayern. This is two villages that merged. Their stadiums, 3,000 of a capacity. Uh, they had so many temporary seats, it took up to 7,500. And then you've got the game itself, which, which Bayern had loads of possession, but only won by a goal to nil. So it was nice that uh, the Bundesliga World Feed Productions um, showed the same kind of due deference to the German Cup first round as they would to a, a normal Bundesliga production. Yeah, and that's good to hear too. In terms of uh, Phil Barney, who's who's been a, been around a long time. I mean, again, a very familiar voice uh, for those who have watched Bundesliga over the years. Uh, Derek Ray, of course, um, one of the best. And uh, yeah, that's that's great news in terms. I, I miss the matches myself, but that's great news that they're uh, providing excellent commentary. And and that's something to be honest, we, we miss sometimes. I mean, we've. I mean, nothing against the Fox commentators, but when we do have the Fox uh, commentary from the US, sometimes we're missing that that world feed of from the Bundesliga. So whether it's Phil or for or, or others, um, but but then again, I mean, the Fox. Uh, Commentary from Keith Costigan is all well and good, and, and, and so there's no issue there, but it is something we miss out on sometimes. 
Yeah, the secret for, for a commentator is to keep the listener guessing, are they at the stadium and, or are they not? Um, and I know that the Bundesliga do have on-site commentary from time to time, usually either one a week or one every two weeks. Um, either Richard or, or Paul, uh, I think, I, I don't know them. I've obviously heard them very often. Uh, I think um, being based in Italy, they do a few from the stadium as well. Um, it, it's just nice when you, you don't want to make it too obvious. And, and the key, certainly for me, is I'm not saying to someone I'm there when I'm not. Um, but on the other hand, if I'm at the stadium, I'm not making it overly obvious because you're just rubbing it in. It, I mean, for me, when, you, when you're at the stadium on a rare occasion, it just shows and emphasizes every other week when you're not at the stadium. Um, and you, you can tell the difference sometimes. So it's, it's not something go here at as opposed to um, there. You, you just don't want... You don't want to mention that you're there when you're not because that can cause too many issues, especially when you get a... We, uh, this is an interesting thing. We've had a couple of issues um, from a broadcasting perspective with VAR. Um, Jim Proudfoot had it in his game on, on the Saturday. We had it in the Torino um, against Roma game, myself and Matteo Bonetti, uh, on, on Sunday in that there has been an incident which has been looked at, but the replay has not made it obvious either to us watching on a monitor or to the people um, watching it everywhere as to what exactly has happened. Mm. Now, a, a lot of the time we use um, the graphics from sight as well. And when they don't change for a goal, I had it with Atletico Madrid against Inter in the ICC in the Metropolitano um, when a goal was chalked off. And, and it, because of the whistles of the crowd rather than what we saw on the monitor, because we get exactly the same as the the viewers back home so that the introduction of VAR um, is, is all well and good but it will take a bit of time for, for commentaries and for the producers the on-site producers um, to be on the same page so we see and we know what's going on and we don't have to kind of paddle around and, and the, the, the hope that we'll get this soon because the, the listeners need to know straight away what's going on and the mm -hmm. viewers need to know straight away. Yeah, that's, that's a good point too because, uh, I mean, a, a, an example of that done poorly was, uh, I mean, last season's FA Cup matches and, and League Cup matches that had uh, kind of VAR trials and there was confusion among everyone. I mean, the commentators got confused but then again too, I'm sure they're going, I mean, off the, the same visuals that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and then the opposite of that is the World Cup in terms of the production of that and it seemed that everyone was on the same page on that and that, that made things a lot easier for the viewer too. There's less confusion. And if the commentator is confused, uh, that makes the, the listener <laughs> twice as confused. Exactly. Just a, a couple of things as well. Um, Wednesday night, I was actually at the stadium for um, NYCFC against the Red Bulls. Um, that was a Fox Sports 1 game. Mark Folliwell and uh, Dan Kennedy with that one. Um, nearly 30,000 at Yankee Stadium. Great atmosphere. Um, bit of controversy. Ted Uncle, the referee, gave uh, a, a couple of red cards to NYC um, and what I found that that was very interesting uh, being just there as a, a as a, a an enjoyer of football and, and wanting to go to a game while I'm in New York um, we were fortunate in the press area we had monitors so we could see the Fox Sports 1 coverage with the the, the kind of subtitles and the post captioning as well but at the stadium, there was no indication or it didn't appear overly obvious to the supporters in the stadium that the referee had been called upon to take another look at a challenge on Bradley Wright Phillips, which ultimately I still think was the wrong decision to give a red card um, to the NYCFC defender. But there was very little communication 
in the stadium, which can't be um, very easy for NYCFC or any of the teams in MLS who are not playing in a soccer-specific stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good point too. Because I, I mean, I've been to matches before where I felt that actually, I, if I was at home watching it on television, I'd have a better idea of what's going on in terms of whether it was a foul or an incident. And and at home watching it and seeing the, the replays from the different angles and going, okay, yeah, that definitely was a penalty, or, or that that definitely should have been a red card, or or maybe not uh, on closer, closer closer inspection. And for the for the fan in the stadium, I mean, I mean they're, they're on the same page as the referee. They they just see it in real time, and that's it. And then, the, you mean the emotions come from that, whether you think it's a penalty or a red card or, or not. But it's uh, yeah, you would think. Well, I guess with a baseball stadium, it's difficult. But um, as stadiums become more modern in terms of the technology, if there's ways to kind of try to get the TV experience as much kind of relating to the fan experience where the fans can see on the big screens and, and the replays and this and that. Um, I think that'll make it a, a better atmosphere for, for the fans and probably uh, less chance of riots. <laughs> yeah, and, and from a TV perspective, Chris, uh, as well, where the camera is, it's a kind of low-down camera at Yankee Stadium. And right. what it does, the TV arc, actually looks really good because... Um, there are some clubs that sell tickets where the camera is, and it looks ridiculous on TV. It looks like there's nobody there. Um, but the whole, pretty much the whole bottom bowl at Yankee Stadium uh, w- w- was full, and it looked really good on on, on TV because obviously watching it again on the monitors. I think they've done a really good job in a tough situation to to make that fan experience at Yankee Stadium for the football fans something that they can enjoy. So some of the matches I, I watched uh, this past week, uh, Real Betis against Levante. Uh, I didn't watch the whole, the whole match, but I did see the incredible goal by uh, Levante's uh, 31-year-old uh, Jose Luis uh, Morales, which was, to me, uh, goal of the season and uh, one of the best goals I've seen in, uh, so far since uh, what, August 2018. So absolutely incredible goal. If you missed it, if you get a chance, go back and watch it. It was, uh, I think he beat like th- four or five players uh, on his way to score in that one. Uh, I did catch um, a little bit of the Verona uh, Juventus game um, we mentioned earlier. Uh, Kievo, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Kievo, exactly. And I watched the first thirty minutes of that before I switched over to Chelsea Arsenal, which was an entertaining game. Um, nothing remarkable in terms of the the coverage of it. It, it was fine. Uh, Man City, Huddersfield, Brighton, Man United, um, Real Madrid against Getafe. Got a lot of football in uh, this this past weekend. Uh, also watched um, ESPN FC. I think it was on Saturday night for their analysis, as well as uh, the extra, uh, the weekend edition on BN Sports. And I particularly enjoyed uh, watching. Uh, it was Gary Bailey and Thomas Rongen in their coaches corner segment, where they kind yeah. of go into a lot of deep dive analysis of uh, Gareth Bale's uh, uh, goal and assist for Real Madrid. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to. Um, say yeah I saw that too but as a Comcast customer in Connecticut um, first of all when we actually had BN Sports we didn't have it in uh, HD we had it in SD that was frustrating enough but now um, having listened to your your podcast on a weekly basis and listening to the the chat of you and Kartik as as well um, some interesting comments from from Comcast recently but but still I just want to watch my football and, and, and as you know we there's there's many ways that we can now find the football, but uh, being a, a, a football fan, um, being a TV enthusiast, we want the easiest way. That is to switch to being sport on Comcast, and then you find out there's still no deal with Comcast. So it's, it's frustrating yeah. 
um, from, from that perspective. And uh, Comcast have not covered themselves in glory with regards to, uh, to, to being uh, over the years because I still haven't seen it in HD in my home. Yeah, and for listeners who are interested or want, want to know the latest on that, I haven't heard anything new. It looks like to be there's no resolution in the coming, so this could drag on for, for weeks, um, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they're, the powers that be at BN Sports and Comcast are having discussions, and hopefully they can figure out a way to, to, get, back to, to get BN Sports back on Comcast because that's uh, massive numbers in terms of um, the reach that uh, Comcast X- Xfinity has. And, and last but not least, uh, Mark, my match of the week, the one, and I, I'm trying to be unbiased on this one, but the match of the week for me was uh, Swansea City against Leeds United. <laughs> I watched on, on ESPN Plus on, on Tuesday. Uh, m- one of my favorite players at Swansea, Ollie, M- Ollie McBurney, who's, oh. uh, <laughs> who plays for Scotland. I mean, he, he's from Leeds, but Scottish roots, and uh, a fantastic uh, match, just end to end action. Uh, not just the match was incredible, but just the production levels uh, for the championship on the ESPN FC, um, ESPN Plus, sorry, uh, are spectacular. I mean, to me, it's a really it pulls you in. It's uh, it's almost Premier League quality, uh, and and it was a sensational match. And Ollie McBurney, uh, I, I remember um, going as a fan to the Azteca in May to watch Scotland against Mexico. Yeah, and. Poor, I say poor Ollie McBurney because just uh, having spoken to him afterwards and uh, and just seeing the joy in his face playing for, for Scotland. But he was a lone striker with the nearest Scotland player in the first half, about 30 yards from him, chasing shadows in 90% kind of humidity in altitude he's never played at before. But you know what? He said he would, there was nowhere he would rather be. So... Just to hear stories like that, and and whether or not that's that's his level, if it is, then I mean he was on loan at Barnsley. I know that he's yep. back at Swansea now, and he's he's getting an opportunity. Um, it's it's a great story. Uh, just finally, by the way, my my match of the week, totally biased. I know you're trying to portray the kind of <laughs> neutrality. I'm totally biased. My match of the week, just just for the um, the, the, the sheer not historic nature of it, but. Uh, for our first game on, on an ESPN domestic channel, um, I was uh, told a few days beforehand who I was working with. I'd never worked with Matteo Bonetti before. I'd heard stories. I'd seen him on, on BN Sports. I thought he was excellent. But just a word of praise for, for Matteo. Um, Kay Murray's husband at, uh, at BN Sports. Obviously, I know Kay as well. And uh, he was all he was, he was, he was billed. And he, he, he lived up to that as well. What a really knowledgeable guy Matteo Bonetti is, and yep. uh, hopefully we'll do uh, we'll do many more games together. Because when you're put together with someone, um, you try and do your best. You you don't know how it's going to go, but uh, I, 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 he made it very easy um, for for me. And hopefully the listeners uh, enjoyed um, watching him, or sorry, the the, the viewers enjoyed listening to uh, to Matteo's coverage. Yeah, and that was uh, Torino against uh, AS Roma. In the, the first match of uh, on television, the game of the week from uh, ESPN uh, on ESPN News on that one. And again, this weekend is going to be uh, Juventus against Lazio on ESPN2. So, Mark, let's move on to TV streaming news and yeah. I'll have you kick it off on this one. Yeah, well, for, you mentioned right at the start, Chris, about uh, the Scottish football rights. This is an interesting one. So for fans of, of Scottish football, there's there's been issues with the rights for overseas um, TV coverage of, of Scottish football. So the SPFL are now taking steps to sell the overseas broadcasting rights from this season onwards. There was a deal in place 
Um, however, the 10-season deal with MP and Silva is being ripped up. Uh, it's being terminated because they're having a few financial issues and defaulting on a number of payments um, that were due to the SPFL and to other leagues around the world, by the way. Here's a quote from the SPFL chief executive, Neil Doncaster, regarding this. He said, we're working to ensure that fans across the globe are ready to enjoy matches from the Ladbrokes SPFL, the Betfred Cup and the Iron Brew Cup as normal this season. This allows us to explore opportunities to give even more fans worldwide the chance to watch our games. So that's the quote from, from Neil Doncaster. And so plans are being put in place for, for the international broadcasters who've agreed to show live fixtures over the coming weeks to receive the signal as usual. Of course, we've got the Celtic Rangers game and the old firm clash coming up at the start of, of September. So Bleacher Report Live are going to continue to stream games until a final decision is reached by the SPFL. So it does mean, Chris, that the, the Scottish Premiership rights could end up moving to a different broadcaster over here in the US, or they could stay where they are, depending on how negotiations go between Bleacher Report Live and the SPFL. It's just a shambles with mm -hmm. MP and Silva, and we await to find out what's going on. It had to be this season, didn't it, when we've got <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Gerrard, we may have a title race, and then we've got all these issues with the TV rights. So hopefully something um, is in the pipeline and can be announced shortly. Yeah, uh, definitely a big mess there too. So, I mean, hopefully it'll stick with Bleacher Report Live just to make it easier for uh, fans of Scottish football. They've been watching the season there and have probably subscribed to Bleacher Report Live in order to watch uh, Scottish football. But, you know, you never know. It could move to DAZN, who's supposed to be launching in September. Um, there's other services out there too. I mean, it could be ESPN Plus. Who, who knows? It, it, there's many places it, it could go. It'd be interesting to see how much of a demand there is for those rights and if there is any type of uh, uh, back and forth on uh, negotiations between a, a couple of companies to try and get those rights. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But anyway, a heads up that Bleacher Report Live will continue streaming until a decision has been made and, and then we'll see where it goes uh, or, or if it stays. Now, uh, speaking of streaming, uh, Fubo TV has added Turner Sports channels to their streaming service. Uh, they now have TNT, which means that they have the English language rights and the Spanish language rights to the competition. The English language would be most of those games are on TNT. The Spanish language games are going to be on uh, across all the Univision channels from Univision, Univision uh, Deportes, uh, Galavision, Unamas, etc. So now... At, with the acquisition of uh, the TNT and all of the other Turner channels, such as TBS and True TV, etc., it means that Fubo has the most comprehensive offering of soccer-related channels available on streaming uh, services in the U.S. Uh, what it doesn't include, though, however, which is the same for Sling TV and YouTube TV and PlayStation View and DirecTV Now and, and the long list of streaming uh, companies. What it doesn't have is um, access to Bleacher Report Live. And uh, Bleacher Report Live, you can only get through Bleacher Report Live, and that would give you access to every single Champions League game and uh, every single Europa League game. So depending on how much Champions League football you watch or Europa League, uh, will probably determine which streaming service uh, or, or cable or, or satellite service you would want to get. But uh, anyway, for Fubo TV subscribers, um, that's great news. Yeah, I mean, the, the theme seems to be the, uh, as the, the kind of months and years go on, we're moving to, to streaming services. But there's, there's still free-to-air content and there's still Eurovision Deportes doing 
content. And here's some news for you as well, that for the 2018-19 season, um, Univision Deportes will debut Bundes Goal, a one-hour show on Friday night created exclusively for the Bundesliga. This is going to feature Ramsu Sandoval, Xavier Sol, and Lucia Villa, sorry, Villalon previewing the coming weekend's action. So that show is going to air at 5 p.m. Eastern on UDN starting on August 24th. Looking forward to that one. So speaking of uh, soccer rights and uh, broadcasts and programming, in related news, I'm hearing that uh, the rights to the International Champions Cup are now up for bidding after the, the deal with ESPN came to a close after the tournament ended a few weeks ago. Uh, my source tells me that Relevant Sports is expecting a sharp increase in the value of the rights, and they're anticipating a bidding war between all of the major players in the States to acquire the rights to the tournament, which has continued to become more prestigious year after year. Uh, now, that's probably what Relevant Sports is thinking in terms of seeing that increase, whether or not that happens in terms of uh, the competition, because the summer is often a very busy time of the year for um, soccer broadcasting, whether it's Women's World Cup, Copa America, uh, lots of other friendly tournaments too, and Major League Soccer and Liga Mackies. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many would be interested in ICC and whether they're uh, whether they'll actually get more money uh, for those uh, rights than, than previously. Maybe this, uh, they will argue, and you're right, they will argue that this is a good time to, to renegotiate um, because it's certainly been a success, the International Champions Cup. There's no doubt about that. However, um, if I'm negotiating with relevant sports on behalf of a TV network, I would point to the fact and say, well, look, you had a game that was going to be scheduled for the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. That ended up being played at StubHub because of, of poor ticket sales. And the only reason for that, and this is where they were unfortunate, it was a World Cup year as well. So I think this is a really interesting one. So for me, Chris, I think both parties come into it, whoever the other party is negotiating or all parties with relevant sports, I think they, they all come into it from a position of strength. For relevant sports, just simply look and say the ICC has been a tremendous success since it was launched. Charlie Stilitano and the guys have done a, a phenomenal job at getting all the best teams in the world over. But if I'm negotiating with them um, and trying to knock the price down, I'm going to say, well, you might be bringing the best teams over, but you didn't bring the best players over, to which they would then respond, well, it was a World Cup year. So I'd love to be a fly in the wall for those negotiations because uh, there will be a, a deal struck and it'll be a good one and I'm sure it'll be a lucrative one for relevant sports as well. But again, if I'm negotiating with relevant sports, there would be some caveats in there as to say why the deal maybe shouldn't be to the same financial value as relevant sports are expecting. Yeah, one more thing on that too is that Relevant Sports is going to be managing the the rights uh, sale uh, process for La Liga yeah. in the, in North America too. So uh, as of um, tw probably 2019, 2020, around then, that process will begin for the rights for 2020 to 21 onwards. So it could be an opportunity for a broadcaster to kind of get in early with Relevant Sports um, and start developing a really good relationship and possibly get an ICC and then, you mean, using that relationship uh, to then possibly get La Liga. But, uh, yeah, interesting things uh, to keep an eye out for. I'm sure we won't hear anything about ICC probably until uh, next year, but but uh, the process has begun, at least the, the initial discussions and um, 
um, I guess, I guess uh, objectives in terms of trying to increase that value. Okay, moving on to TV ratings. Um, we had some interesting numbers from this past week. Uh, just a few to throw out there. The Arsenal-Chelsea game uh, had the, the highest number of viewers so far for the, the Premier League um, in the United States uh, for this season. Uh, 1.1 million people tuned in on NBC and Universo uh, to watch an entertaining game. Lots of d- uh, defensive mistakes, but uh, lots of goals uh, in that match. Um, the UEFA Super Cup, so this was the Real Madrid-Atleti game that was shown uh, both on Univision and Univision Deportes on the Spanish side, as well as TNT on the English side. Uh, on this one, the, the Spanish side had uh, 698,000 viewers, and then on the TNT, 173,000 viewers. So part of this can definitely, you can look at and say, okay, well, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, you know, it's, a, it's a Spanish derby, a Real Madrid derby. Uh, it's going to be probably more of an interest to Spanish speakers to then say your, your Man United Chelsea fans who you mean used to kind of more English language broadcast, um, but still that's quite a big difference between seven hundred thousand for uh, Univision to uh, one hundred seventy three thousand for uh, TNT. And then uh, some of the other numbers that jumped out too. We had um, let me see what else is there. We had uh, Real Salt Lake against LAFC on ESPN two. Uh, 119,000 viewers on that one. Um, not a good number there. Um, question mark for the, the, the Torino AS Roma game. Do you, do you know yeah. if um, ESPN News, if they're, if they're rated by Nielsen? I, I, I didn't see the number on this one. I, I'm not sure. I've, I, there's a, an account I follow on Twitter, um, Sports TV Ratings. Yep. And they used to, um, I th- I'm, I'm not sure they, they still do it on a weekly basis, but I do remember a tweet going back. Um, because I was always interested in what FC did as far as viewership is concerned. And when it moved to ESPN News from ESPN2, I'm sure I remember a tweet saying that they don't um, have figures available for ESPN News. It's just ESPN and, and ESPN2 um, that they they count. There may well be, and if, if anybody knows, then it'd be good to hear. But I I, I don't believe the ESPN news, uh, it, it's certainly hard for, for us to find out um, at work if something's been on ESPN news, what it did. We can, we've got our own individual monitors and we can tell um, roughly that way. But as far as the, the, the kind of uh, Nielsen is concerned, I'm not sure they do ESPN news. All right, so let's move on to listener mailbag. Uh, first up is from Bill Payne. He says, uh, fascinating discussion about the implications of La Liga playing a regular season match in the U.S. I could definitely see the USSF just blocking it entirely or, and I'm reticent to say this loudly, uh, Bill says, at the behest of MLS slash some, forcing the two visiting La Liga teams to play a friendly against a, against a uh, MLS team. Intrigued on how all this will unfold, and I'm sure you guys will keep us informed as things develop. Well, the latest news on that is that um, a lot of the, the captains for La Liga teams and a lot of the players are threatening to strike if this, if this happens. Uh, and also, I think ESPN reported, I think it was Jeff Carlisle reported that um, not only would uh, USSF have to sanction this, but you also have FIFA that would have to sanction it in, and UEFA and uh, the Spanish Football Federation. Uh, so there's a lot of hoops and hurdles to jump through to even make this match possible. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on this so far, Mark? I mean, do, you, do you think this is going to happen? I think it's very interesting, and I don't think you go public and announce such a, a deal. This isn't a, a one- or a two-year deal. This is a 15-year deal. I don't think you go public 
unless you've got um, a fair idea that, that this is going to go ahead. Um, now, I'm sure the contract will contain many clauses. I thought it was really interesting listening to your podcast a week or two ago when it was brought up, um, either by yourself or Kartik, um, about the USSF having the final say um, and whether a sweetener might need to be involved. I don't think you come this far down the road without having already um, asked various questions of, of the, the organisations that are required. Um, it's, it's interesting because if you're going to kind of grow the game, um, your discussion about how would it maybe impact and affect MLS if you've got four games that are taking place that weekend, one of which, say example, it's in, it's in Miami, um, one of which is the, the, uh, the Spanish game, then you don't want to get to the stage where people are, are picking and choosing what they go to um, because there's a chance, if it is a Real Madrid in town, that people would rather go to that um, if they're playing like a Hitafe or a Levante or, or whoever. One of the interesting things about this is it's, it's got a lot of discussion in the British press about is this something that the Premier League may reconsider, remember the, the 39th game. But let me kind of hold the horses here because this is a league, the Premier League, that turned down a title sponsor because they didn't need the money. So I think the chances of a league game being played outside England, um, I'm not saying in our lifetime, I'm certainly saying in the, in the kind of short to medium term, is minuscule indeed. But where are we? This is a, an interesting um, point, I think. What are you going to take and how can you take a game abroad, in addition to the ICC, which sees a lot of the English clubs play over here in the United States, why not play something like the Community Shield? Take it away from Wembley. Um, it is a bit of a glorified preseason friendly, but as we saw this year, mm -hmm. it was taken seriously. And just look at the Trophée des Champions in France. PSG went to China to face Monaco. I think they played in Shenzhen. So that is something, and the Italians uh, have certainly thought about it in the past as well. I think the, the, the only chance you're likely to see a, a semi-competitive English game being played on these shores is something like the Community Shield. And as far as the Spanish um, is concerned, there was, a, 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 as Bill said in the listener mailbag, there was one word that he used, intrigued. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's the, that's the perfect word. This is one to watch. But I don't think you announce what relevant sports announced if you're not confident and you don't have at least a few jigsaw pieces in place. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be, too, that uh, Javier Tebas, who's the, the head of uh, La Liga and uh, one of the clubs or maybe two of the clubs had said, OK, let's go go for this and uh, we'll, we'll figure out the rest later, perhaps. But you would you'd imagine that uh, there'd be a lot of buy in and a lot of, you uh, I mean, basically kind of agreements in place. So at least, um, OK, let's move forward with this uh, before announcing it. But this is definitely going to drag on for quite a bit. So it'll be, it, it will be intriguing to watch this one unfold. Uh, next up is Rob Keith, and uh, Rob says, I have a gripe about NBC Sports Gold. I subscribed to the service last season but didn't sign up until late September because that was the first time the team I follow wasn't on NBCSN. I figured that my subscription would run for 12 months because that's how every other streaming service operates. So I was surprised when it was cut off in July. I'm sure it was in the fine print somewhere that it didn't run for 12 months, but it left me a little bit bitter. Uh, as a consequence, I won't be subscribing to the service this season. 
let me just chime in there too. That's actually a good point, and it's something that uh, I haven't heard about before in regards to. Um, I mean, that, that's you mean it, it was definitely a season pass, but I, I'm sure other other listeners out there probably ran into the same thing too. Uh, Rob goes on to say, I also had a comment on how NBCSN will only show one match during the 10 a.m. East, Eastern Time window. If the match on TV turns out to be a dud, do you think you, this could push soccer fans to other leagues with all of the new content available through ESPN Plus, as well as the Bundesliga playing the majority of their matches um, on Saturdays during the same window? We have more options than ever. It seems to me that if you really want to drive people to subscribe to the service, they should put more of the top six matches, um, or move more of the top six matches to streaming interested to hear your thoughts and as always thanks for the work you guys put in what's your thoughts on this one mark mm-hmm. if you have something and it's taken away you probably long for it even more if you don't have something and it's given to you you're unaware of having everything to, to begin with now the reason i kind of use that analogy is at the start when nbc had the rights as we in the United States, it was just Christmas time every single weekend. Every single game was available either on TV, of which there were the more than the one option at 10 o'clock, um, or online. All the games were uh, available um, to the viewer. So you get used to something, then it gets taken away, and you're longing for it back because you've had it and you don't have it any longer. If they had started um, which it wasn't in place at the time, the whole uh, NBC um, Sports Gold. If they'd started at the beginning by saying, here's three games for you and the rest are subscription only, that would have been seen to have been the norm. So because we've had it and it's been taken away, we are a little more short-tempered when it comes to issues. That's what I would say to that. Yeah, what's interesting with this one is that this season so far, which is it's early for the, the Premier League so far, but we've in that 10 o'clock window, uh, in previous seasons, uh, as well as last season, uh, most recently, we had one of those matches, those 10 o'clock window matches on CNBC. So you'd have like, Spurs against Fulham, for example, at uh, 10 o'clock on NBCSN, and then you'd have another match on, on that, uh, in that same window on CNBC. So far this season, it's been one match on NBCSN, everything else on NBC Sports Gold. So that'll be interesting to see how things go progress through the season. It does force you to, to make a decision. If you do want to watch, um, I mean, whether it's Everton against Leicester or whoever it may be, you want to watch one of those other matches, do you subscribe to NBC Sports Gold or do you switch? And do you switch and turn the channel and watch uh, the Bundesliga or um, La Liga? Or And for me personally, I, I don't have NBC Sports Gold uh, this season so far. Uh, but for me personally, I'm, I've been switching a lot more. So I've been flipping the channel and going to watch uh, a La Liga match or a Bundesliga, well, this, this weekend, Bundesliga match, um, more than I've ever done in the past. Uh, but I still crave <laughs> that Premier League match that I'm missing. So I guess it's, it's different for everyone, but it is an interesting strategy from uh, NBC uh, on that one. Uh, next up is David Roberts, and he says, uh, OK, just listen to your take on being sports not going over the top. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I'm curious if a lawsuit can be made about cable companies owning its own channels, Comcast and NBC, and if it can be tied into the Paramount decision keeping movie studios from owning movie theaters. 
and I'm by far I, I'm not a, a legal expert by any means. <laughs> uh, I I don't know on that one, but uh, you could argue, yeah, that it's 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 the relationship is very close. I mean, you got uh, Comcast that owns NBC Universal that uh, uh, has the exclusive rights to the Premier League. And then being sports on the other side saying, okay, well, by Comcast uh, not doing a deal with uh, being sports, uh, that, that hurts being sports. I mean, it takes them off the, the number one cable provider in the country. And as a consequence, that hurts La Liga, which is in direct opposition to the Premier League. And La Liga wants to overthrow the Premier League, uh, not just in, in, in America, but worldwide. So whether a lawsuit can be made out of it, I'm not sure. But uh, it is interesting. Next up is uh, Jose Rodriguez. He says, Hi, hey guys, uh, this last episode about being sports, uh, having very little hope in surviving in the future is disappointing. For I feel as though their programs such as The Extra and The Locker Room are on par with ESPN FC. However, if this does happen, there would be lots of talent for other comp- companies to poach on. So my question is, where do you see the likes of Phil Shane and Ray Hudson going? Can you see Major League Soccer wanting them for Fox uh, or ESPN? Maybe Phil and Ray could do all of the Southeastern matches. Uh, they do usually call matches off monitors, so like with so maybe Fox with the Bundesliga. And he goes on and on and on. Um, which is interesting, too, because like both Ray Hudson and Phil Shane used to do Major League Soccer broadcasts. Uh, Phil Shane commentated the very first Major League Soccer game uh, in the history of the league. Uh, Ray Hudson was doing a lot of co-commentary uh, before he moved to be in sports. Um, but I, I don't see being sports going away anytime soon. I mean, definitely their future is cloudy, uh, but a lot of it depends on, on what happens uh, with this Comcast deal. If they can secure the Comcast deal and then figure out a way to uh, renew the La Liga rights, which is going to be a tough ask. But if, if they can do it, then then they will be fine. But uh, I, I guess this is another one of those. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on, on that. Uh, Tim Keane says, uh, since I grew up many years ago in England, I grew up thinking that the FA Cup was a great, important competition. However, over the years, for many reasons, one being the terrible coverage on Fox with a large number of games on channels nobody gets, the competition has lost a lot of importance and moving to ESPN Plus will only accelerate that. Yes, $5 a month is not a lot, but I'm, I'm not interested in most of the stuff they show. $50 a season for the Premier League is better value and generally better games, as many FA Cup games are just boring and one-sided. And in many respects, who wants to see the Premier League reserve teams? Terrible terrible decision by the FA. Now, I would say, Mark, on this one, that if you're talking about value, and you're talking about $50 a season for um, NBC Sports Gold, well, with ESPN FC, you can sign up for $50 a season, uh, the special deal that they have. And with that, you get what? You get the championship, you get uh, Serie A, you get the League Cup, you get uh, the, uh, DFB Pokal, uh, you get uh, the Eredivisie, you get, I mean, the list of of actual leagues and competitions that ESPN Plus has, I would say at the end of the day, is actually better value than NBC Sports Gold. Yeah, I mean, you're you're asking a company man to, uh, to, to comment <laughs> on... On something like this, um, yeah, th- this is one of these things that um, we've obviously got um, Serie A with every game on ESPN Plus. The FA Cup deal—it's it- similar in a way to to NBC Sports Gold in that um, you're not going to give everything away for nothing. Um, I mean, ESPN paid for the rights for the FA Cup along with with Serie A. 
NBC paid fortunes for, for the Premier League. You are trying to recoup some of that money back. But you can't just say to people and to sports fans out there, well, just subscribe to our service. You need to give them something. And I, I honestly think what ESPN uh, Plus provides, you're a Swansea fan. You can watch your team most weeks um, on, on ESPN Plus. So the, the bottom line is um, we live in a fickle world where people are always going to complain about certain things. And as I said earlier, with regards to NBC's coverage to begin with, where we got everything for free, when you've had something for free and then you're asked to pay for something, of course you're going to be reticent to do so. So it's up to the provider to provide something that will say, you know what, 4.95 or 4.99 a month, that's actually a pretty good deal. I can deal with that. I think the pricing structure has been done well for ESPN Plus. Mm -hmm. But just because you've got a good pricing structure, you still need to have good content on it. And 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 it, it's an interesting one. I get this because if if you know that you're going to get the FA Cup semi-finals and final on on ESPN or ESPN2 then there's a fair chance you'll be like, you know what, I probably won't bother with ESPN Plus because um, I'll find a way of watching it and in the end I can watch it on ESPN or ESPN2 when it gets to the final stages. What they're doing here is they're saying to people, look, if you want to see this competition, you want to watch your team in it, know you've had it for free to air, but they've got to do something to try and give exclusivity to a product on a platform. And this is what they're doing. It's not to everybody's taste. I get that, but you can satisfy some of the people some of the time. You'll never satisfy all the people all the time. Yeah, and actually with the FA Cup, I could argue that uh, with it being now the home uh, on ESPN Plus is that it's actually going to be easier to go ahead and watch those matches because with Fox, the games were across Fox, FS1, FS2, Fox Soccer, Match Pass, and Fox Soccer Plus. And the Fox Soccer Plus was what, like I think uh, $20 a month subscription, uh, Fox Soccer Match Pass was also $20 a month. And then those are the Fox channels that you would get through your TV provider or perhaps through your streaming service. So the the price that isn't the issue, um, the accessibility I can get if somebody doesn't have a st streaming device or doesn't have a, a good internet and they just like watching matches on television, that I can see. But, uh, but to me, this is actually, it's a good move. It's a good move for the FAA. Uh, it's a good move for ESPN Plus in, in acquiring those rights. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have to wait and see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an adjustment. It's going to be a change. But uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, I think everyone will be happy. And, and actually, if, if anything, we might get more games through ESPN Plus than we did through Fox. I think uh, ESPN Plus will have about 73 games. So actually, we might have uh, more matches overall compared to Fox, where not every single match that was available to them was actually shown. Yeah, and the, there's also a, a, a letter that, or an email you've received from Anthony Bell just on this, this same topic. So um, he basically says, hi, guys, I'd like to comment on the FA Cup going to ESPN+. Plus. Um, it was said on the podcast that converting casual fans is, is the key. How can you convert casual fans if you're not showing games to, to casual fans? And, and Anthony goes on. The, the point I kind of want to make with this, this is all in its infancy. Um, the NBC Sports Gold from, from last season, that was its first year. Um, the Being Sports Connect, it's kind of add-ons to what you already get. I think if we fast forward, five, not even 10 years, five years into the future, and it might not even be that much, what we're going to do is, is we're basically, as a viewer, we're going to create a jigsaw puzzle, uh, but it's going to be totally tailor-made 
to what we want to watch. And we'll probably end up paying less than we do for the actual bundle itself. So right now, because it's in its infancy, it's kind of seen as, well, why am I going to have to pay for something that I didn't have before? And there's mumps and moans and gripes. I get all that. But I think this will just be, this will be de rigueur in probably less than five years. And what you'll have is each individual um, girl, boy, man, woman, whatever, will be able to tailor make their own package so they can see whatever they want to see and they don't have to subscribe to what they don't want to see. And ESPN Plus, hopefully, just like NBC Sports Gold and the Fox app and everything like that, that will be just as much a part of watching TV, whether it's streaming, as it would be watching Fox or watching NBCSN or watching ESPN. So the last uh, comment from one of the listeners is from Toby Schumacher. And uh, Toby says, any thoughts on Liam McHugh getting a Sunday night football job? Uh, I had finally grown to like him as a fill-in for Rebecca Lowe on Mondays on NBCSN. I can't imagine he will do both, uh, both on-site Sunday, then Premier League on Monday. Will we see someone new in the midweek host's chair? So to answer your question, Toby, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's a great point. Um, it's possible that uh, Rebecca might stay over another day and fill in there, or within NBC Sports, perhaps they have some other talent available to them. Uh, Derek Gray could be uh, acquired, I'm sure, probably if he's available on, on, a, on a freelance basis to fill in. But uh, it will be interesting to see kind of who takes that uh, Monday uh, spot uh, in the uh, the host chair. I have to say, Chris, I, I really, really rate Liam McHugh as a host. Um, He's, yep. he's very versatile. We've seen him do the Olympics and, and many other um, things that NBC has. Very, very versatile. And he just he looks to me like he's a natural. And he's, mm-hmm. for me, I know um, that, that Toby said, I've finally grown to like him as a fill-in for Rebecca. Uh, I, I think he's been absolutely seamless. I think he's a big, big talent. Yeah, I noticed that too on, on the Crystal Palace Liverpool match on Monday. Is that uh, his questions are good? His questions to to the analysts are good. Uh, how much of that is uh, not not scripted, but, but but thought out beforehand in terms of you mean figuring out what questions to ask uh, the two Robbies. Uh, regardless, I, I, he does a really, really good job of uh, asking pointed questions to get the best out of his analyst. And and I like Toby, too. I think in the beginning, I didn't really know much about uh, Liam. I think Kartik knew m- more about him from, from other sports. But uh, I've grown to like him, and I think he's uh, he's been a great uh, a great Monday, uh, and actually when he's subbed into for Rebecca, even on uh, other match days, or if she's been out sick, he's been fantastic. So um, it will be interesting to see what's happening there. Now, uh, for listeners, you can always reach us through email, uh, through web at worldsoccertalk.com, as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk, and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. So if you have any questions, uh, need some advice, want to give your opinions, uh, you disagree with us, uh, or want to shine some light on some soccer coverage uh, that you've been watching that you think is pretty interesting, uh, which reminds me, actually, I think last episode or the episode before, I talked, talked about Netflix and a fantastic uh, documentary series there. And I got the name wrong. I think I called it The Masters. It was actually called The Mavericks. And I highly recommend it. It's got uh, Rodney Marsh. Um, I think George Best is on there. Charlie George. Uh, a lot of the, the greats of um, mostly you know, British football, uh, but European football, and I think Johan Cruyff is on there too. I mean, so world football, full, full world football, but highly recommended for the one of those nights that uh, you don't have any games on and you just want to watch something of interest. Uh, fantastic stuff. 
So, so Mark, before we go, uh, any anything uh, we, should, we should look out for in addition to Serie A? Anything uh, uh, on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm down in, in, in New York right now, so I've got a couple of days filming down here, then heading back to do uh, finish up the prep and then do Juventus um, against Lazio Saturday, back down here to do the tennis. Um, so depending on the hours I'm working, uh, you were speaking about Netflix there. Um, I, I, I've got about three episodes left of All or Nothing, the Manchester City uh, thing to watch. <laughs> so that will certainly be consuming some of my time. And I'll be honest, Chris, what I didn't realize, I knew they did uh, all or nothing with NFL teams as well, but there's also an all or nothing that Amazon Prime have done with the All Blacks. Um, oh, really? But yeah, five yeah. or six episodes. I'm a big rugby guy myself, used to play it when I was younger, love my rugby. Um, so that will keep the, the kind of nights after uh, we've come home from the tennis and you know what, the, you know what it's like when, you, uh, when you've been at a game late, uh, a night game, yeah. or you've commentated on it, the adrenaline is pumping. So uh, you don't get to sleep easy. You need something just to kind of ease you, ease you down a little bit. So all or nothing, I'll finish the Manchester, which I think so far has been phenomenal. Mm. And by the way, if Sergio Aguero needs someone to watch a horror movie with him on his own, on his big... 20 million mansion pad, whatever it is, and his big, huge cinema screen. I'm sure there's not going to be a shortage of uh, of people that would do that. But it, it's been brilliant. It's really, really well produced. Um, and the, the Amazon guys have done a wonderful job with uh, with All or Nothing Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, I have to catch that. I haven't watched it yet. But uh, yeah, that one's on Amazon Prime, so definitely check it out. So thank you, everyone, for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audioboom, and worldsoccertalk.com. If you like the show, share it with your friends on social media and give us a review. So heading into this weekend, we've got uh, the Bundesliga starting up. We've got the Premier League, Major League Soccer, the Championship, uh, USL games, I'm sure, and a whole bunch of other matches from around the world that you can watch. Mark, what should they do? Well, Kartik's not here, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll say on his behalf, enjoy your football. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.